The Shop, A Tale of Frightful Incompetence, written by W.P. Thrift, read by Lantis Armstrong on Twitter. Chapter 5. No Money, More Problems. A week had passed, and still no customers. In fact, due to increased monster activities, they were leaving the door locked more and more often during the day. Time passed slowly. I'm hungry, Bowman said. I know, we all are, Radix replied. I'm smoky, Lanta said, not knowing the correct phrase for wanting a smoke. None for you, Bowman declared. Oh, okay, just one more. Then he offered him another pack. Where he was getting all these cigs from was anyone's guess at this point. It was likely not the most pleasant answer, so no one asked. Radix had spent his time the first few days with his hood pulled down over his eyes, listening to some anime J-pop music on his headphones until the batteries had died. After that, he occupied his time by slowly going mad. Lantis just smoked and seemed content to sit around doing nothing while Bowman read Star Trek fanfics on the internet through his goggles. Radix did wish Bowman didn't have those goggles to so easily fall back on, otherwise he might have been so inclined to go home and fetch his computer from his trailer. Then Radix could push him off his computer and use it for himself. You should really go get your computer, Radix said. I don't feel like it, Bowman replied. You really should, though. Well, now you're pressuring me. Bowman? No. Too much pressure. Isn't the car still, um, crashed? Lantis interjected. There's that too, Bowman said. Oh, it's been in worse shape before and still worked, Radix said. Look, what's a computer repair shop without a single computer in it? Ours? Lantis guessed. Exactly, and nobody else's. And everybody else has customers who give them money. So we should go pick up your PC, Bowman, Radix declared. Bowman was just not budging on the issue, however. Radix let out a long sigh, knowing what he had to do, though it wasn't going to be pleasant for anyone involved. Okay, I'll tell you what. We get your car working and drive to your place and pick up your computer, and in exchange we can also drive to my... He paused, not wanting to say it. My dad's house. There will be food there. Oh, food, you say? Bowman perked up. Yes, lots and lots of food, Radix insisted. We can raid the fridge, then quickly retreat back here before he realizes we were ever there. Sound good? Bowman didn't like the part where he had to get up and do stuff, but he did like the thought of eating. So he reluctantly nodded. And so their next mission was agreed upon. They left the shop, being sure to lock up. Wouldn't want anyone to steal their, um, or dirty up the, uh, well, it's probably good luck to lock up a place when you leave it. Working together, they were able to pull the car off the lamppost it was wrapped around. Bowman tried to crank it up. No dice. He checked the potatoes in the trunk, and they were all still there, sleeping soundly. He scratched his chin. Curiouser and curiouser. I know what's wrong, Lantis said. It's broken. Radix groaned, but didn't otherwise reply to that. Bowman tried kicking it, then tried yelling at it, and then was out of ideas. 
they'd need to get this thing fixed by someone that knew what they were doing, and for free. Okay, new plan. Let's go to tons of buns, Raddick said. Miranda's friends with, like, everyone in town, right? She has to know someone that knows how to fix cars. Does she know Dash? Lantis asked. Someone else that knows cars, Raddick glared. Dash definitely wouldn't be willing to do us any favors. Lantis considered this for a moment. And we can't just walk to Bowman's and your dad's? Bowman frowned. You're not going to make me walk that far. And without Bowman there, we'll definitely be shot by his dad. Not that my dad's going to be much safer. <sighs> Raddick slumped back against a wall, exasperated. Why does everything have to be such a pain? Someone trying to enter a shop across the street catches Raddick's eye. But the guy wasn't trying to go into their shop, so he went back to ignoring it. Oh, hey, we have a new neighbor, Bowman said, now seeing it as well. I guess Paul rented out the other place. Should we go meet him? Raddix muttered no as he pushed off the wall and started walking down the sidewalk towards tons of buns. It was several blocks away, and they didn't have much time to waste if they wanted to get everything done before midnight tonight. Bowman still hadn't budged and was now frowning disapprovingly at the new neighbor. Raddix backtracked to grab him and drag him along. But I bet he thinks his tatas are bigger than mine, Bowman protested, very defensive of his man boobs. Indeed, Raddix had noticed the size of their new neighbor, who was already back outside putting up a sign. This wasn't just a poster duct taped to the window, it was a professional sign being put above the rafters where a store's sign was meant to be placed. It read Sheep Eaters Music Store. I can smell him from here. Lantis picked up his pace to put a lot more distance between them. Lantis has the right idea. Let's go. Raddick struck Bowman along. But Bowman didn't stop glaring back at the new store until they rounded the corner and it was out of sight. After that, Bowman forgot all about it when he discovered a new bird to chase and then picked up speed considerably. Miranda knew she should be baking right now, but the damn squirrels just kept distracting her. She stirred the increasingly thick dough around in a pot, and another squirrel would run by the window when she had bolt over to it to say hi, which would freak the squirrel out and it would run off. It was a vicious cycle of scaring squirrels and getting nothing done. There's a squirrel, and there's a squirrel, and there's a squirrel, and there's a smoke from the burning bread in the oven, and oh, is that Bowman walking on the street? So many exciting things going on all at once. Miranda opened the door to the bakery for everyone to come in, fire extinguisher in hand and her body covered in equal parts dough and foam. Nothing's on fire, she told them happily. What can I do for you? Food, Lantis cried out, bolting past her and attacking a pan full of freshly baked loaves of bread. Despite how it burned him, he forced it down his gullet. Raddix and Bowman just shook their heads in disapproval, then gave Miranda an expression of desperation. She sighed. Fine, help yourselves. They bolted past her and began eating off the same tray of bread, mumbling out garbled thank yous between bites. So, just here for food? Miranda had to ask. Oh, no, Raddick said when he at last came up for air. By this point, Lantis had finished eating and curled up on the tile floor to catch a nap. Tile was so much softer than the shop's carpet. We're actually here to ask if you happen to know anyone that knows car stuff. We want to fix up Bowman's car so we can get his PC from his house. What's wrong with it? Miranda asked. It's broken, Bowman replied. 
I see. That does sound serious, Miranda considered. Well, have no fear. I know just the person. I'll call a tow truck and have it brought over to Dash's place in no time. Oh, not Dash! Or the tow truck! Raddick said quickly. Miranda crossed her arms in disapproval. Well, I guess you hate all of my ideas, then. Hmph. It's not that. We just can't afford a tow truck. And Dash... Raddick's tried to look for a diplomatic way to say this, but couldn't think of one. Dash is the best! What are you talking about? Miranda was shocked to hear this. The two of us have been besties since, like, I don't know when. We are besties with like half the people in town, though, Raddix pointed out. That doesn't make our friendship any less real. Now, look, maybe you two didn't see eye to eye in high school, but that was ages ago. The world beyond that is so much different. Well, that was like a week ago! Miranda finally put down the fire extinguisher and picked back up the dough bowl to continue stirring it. The buns would be expecting fresh bread within the hour, or else they'd chew her head off. Literally, because they were both giant rabbit monsters. Look, just give her a chance, okay? You can even let me do all the talking, Miranda insisted, just as soon as I get off of work. Oh, we're sort of in a hurry, Raddick said. We'd like to get all of our rounds done by tonight. You want her to stop everything else and work exclusively on your car today? After making me stop everything and seeing about doing this right away? Miranda raised a brow. And for free, Bowman wanted to add. And without the tow truck, Raddix also added. Miranda just shook her head. You boys are impossible to work with. Okay, let me think. It should take you about an hour to push the car from your shop to her shop. And by then I should be done with this batch of bread and take a quick break to run down there and speak with her. Beyond that, I don't know what to say. She might give you a discount if I ask her really super nicely, but I can't imagine her doing it for free. She has bills to pay too, you know. Miranda was being incredibly nice here, which did not go unnoticed. Raddix thanked her, and he and Bowman headed out, saying they'd see her in an hour. Holding the door open, Raddix whistled for Lantis, who quickly woke up and ran outside. They had finished pushing the car within a block of Dash's place before Bowman remembered he hadn't unlocked the brakes. By that point, the three of them were exhausted and sweaty, though through the fog of sweat filling their eyes they could still see Miranda skipping down the sidewalk. She was able to easily push the car the rest of the way, while the guys took some time to try and catch their breath. Miranda banged on the front door until Dash answered. Raddix cringed. He had been hoping she wouldn't be at work today. Dash spotted him, and an equally annoyed look filled her face. "'What are they doing here?' Dash demanded. "'They'd like for you to fix their car, but they don't have much money, so maybe consider giving them a teeny tiny discount?' Miranda asked. Dash stood there, dumbfounded for a moment, before saying, "'Because you're the one asking, I won't laugh in your face, but I gotta ask why the hell you think I'd do anything for those two jokers?' "'Because we're friends.' Miranda said simply. Right, we are. But I ain't friends with them, Dash replied. Will you be my friend? Lantis asked out of curiosity. No, she shot back. Oh, Lantis said, genuine sorrow in his voice. Dash flinched. She hadn't expected that. Now she just felt terrible for what she had said, though she didn't understand why. Somehow, looking at him felt just like looking at a beat puppy. But 
it would be too awkward for her to change her answer to yes now, so she decided to change the subject instead. Miranda, because of everything you've done for me in the past, every birthday of mine that you've remembered, I'm going to say okay to this. Just this once, Dash said. But please, try not to make a habit out of this. You'll never live to regret this, Bowman said. And then Raddix kicked him. Oh, 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 I mean, we'll pay you back soon as we get a customer, Bowman corrected. No, you'll pay me back when the work's done if you want to be able to pick up your car, Dash replied, giving him a stern look. Raddix felt uneasy about that, but Bowman turned to him and cheerfully said, full of optimism, Oh, maybe we'll get a customer tonight, then. Dash pushed the car into the garage, told them to check back in the morning, then hit the button to close the garage door. She wished she could slam it shut on them, but garage doors only closed just so fast. There was a long, awkward moment before it had completely closed and blocked them all out of her life once more. Miranda went back to the bakery while the trio headed back to the shop. They should have started a dialogue about how they'll be paying for the repairs, but they were all still too out of breath from pushing the car for such a long time. Back at her house that night, Dash tossed off her greasy clothes, slid on some pajamas, then fell face-first onto her bed. She rolled over to stare at the giant teddy bear she had outgrown ages ago, but never had the heart to throw it away. There wasn't a sound throughout the entire house, as her parents weren't home. They were never home. It really bothered her that those two jerks had been on her mind all day. She had nearly forgotten about them after seeing them at the junkyard last week, only for them to pop back into her life. It hadn't dawned on her yet that she kept thinking about them because who was actually hard to get out of her head was the new kid that was with them. She just understood anger so much better, so she let her brain revel in furious thoughts. One such thought stemmed from four years ago when she had first ran into Radix and Bowman during her first week attending Cattell High School. Freshman year of high school. Her hair wasn't even dyed yet, still sunshine blonde, still long and flowing, though the bounce was somewhat stunted from all the grease in the air of the lunchroom. Just one more thing to make her self-conscious. Dash waited in the endless lunch line, glancing around for a free table. She didn't know where to sit yet, didn't know where she fit in, still making the mistake of thinking fitting in was something one had to do in high school. Really, just hang around some people that don't immediately hate you and don't do anything to piss them off, and you'll all become the best of friends. Super simple, and super detached from the current concept of reality she was living in. Across the lunchroom, she spied a girl from her homeroom class that she had once attempted to speak to. Her name was Rose, if Dash's memory served correctly. Dash had tried striking up a conversation about how lame it was they had to be awake so early, and Rose had muttered in reply something about animals. She couldn't really understand her, the way she mumbled. Rose was currently being spoken to by two guys, and seemed very uncomfortable. What Dash didn't know at this time was that Rose always looked uncomfortable when speaking to people. She was never relaxed around humans at all, and would only be open and cheerful around animals back on her farm. But, not knowing that, Dash quickly got out of line and hurried across the lunchroom, weaving between tables and trying not to knock anybody's trays out of their hands 
as they made their way to their seats. Hey, what are you doing? Dash demanded. Hey, baby, Radix replied, trying to act suave and failing miserably. He elbowed Bowman. Hey, that's your cue. Oh, right, Bowman perked up. Hello there, have you ever had your dick sucked by a fat guy in an overcoat? Radix face palmed. Well, not that line! What? Bowman was confused. Are these guys harassing you? Dash asked Rose, reaching out a hand for her shoulder. She backed away from the extended hand quickly. No, Rose said a bit too meekly for Dash to believe her. Hey, listen, assholes! Dash glared back at them. I don't ever want to see you two bothering her again. Do you hear me? Radix just rolled his eyes. Oh my god! Why the fuck do people always jump to that conclusion about me? Before Dash could respond, an explosion came from the kitchen. Students fell out of line and began running to the other side of the lunchroom. Several giant green acid-spitting worms crawled out from the source of the explosion and began knocking over tables and attacking students. The lunch lady, Beverly Lunch Lady, came running out from the kitchen with a chainsaw, pulling the cord to try and crank it up. Kids, get down! The green beans done got loose again! Beverly yelled. She cursed beneath her breath while trying to crank up the chainsaw. Goddamn cheapskate principal, I told him we should have stuck the grass clippings! The worms roared, then headed straight for the nearest target. The four of them. Dash's spirit told her to fight, but her courage wasn't quite there yet. Her legs shook as she took a long step back. Foosh! A missile flew from out of nowhere and... Kadoom! The first worm in the pack exploded. Dash looked around for the source and nearly screamed when she saw Bowman elevated into the air. Giant steel spider legs had grown out from his backpack to lift him up, and several tubed weapons had extended out from the top, including a missile launcher. Radix also rushed forward, unrolling a large paper scroll that one might assume was for art class, but inside was a katana he quickly unsheathed and sliced into the belly of another worm. What the fuck? What the fuck? Dash found herself screaming before she could catch herself. She looked down and saw Rose trembling under a table and quickly knelt down to speak to her. Rose? Yes? Despite the terror she felt, Rose forced a response. Are you okay? You're not hurt or anything. She didn't respond, but she was fine. Dash looked over and watched Raddick slashing out at the worms and Bowman whacking at them with the rocket launcher that had gotten jammed and refused to fire. He was using the rocket to bludgeon the worm with. That is quite enough! Screamed out a vicious, tiny little man from the shoulder of a much taller one. It was Principal Black, riding on the shoulder of Vice Principal Robinson. Beverly! Via these! A worm suddenly attacked him, and he shot it with an old German Luger. As I was saying, via these loose! And you too! He pointed to Radix and Bowman. You shall be suspended for bringing deadly weapons into my school! Oh no, that is bullshit! Radix yelled back, being held down by the weight of a giant worm currently, just barely keeping it away by pushing back against it with his katana. 
The suspension is too good for you. You are to do detention in my labyrinth for a month. Robinson, take Zim away, Black said. When Rose had calmed down a bit, after the green beans had all been rounded up and brought back into the kitchen for processing, she managed to eke out a thank you to Dash for staying by her side. Oh, sure, no problem, Dash replied, glad to be able to feel like a hero. But I feel so sorry for Addicts and Bowman, Rose said, probably the most words she had spoken all day. They were the ones that saved everyone, only to be but punished for being heroes. Dash turned away from Rose, so she wouldn't see how deeply she was frowning. No, they're not heroes. They're dangerous. Creeps like them, they're just looking out for themselves. Everyone else was just saved incidentally. While they'd have to agree to disagree about that, Dash had at least found someone she felt comfortable sitting next to by the time she had gotten her lunch. Of course, with all the chaos, the bell to signal the end of the lunch period rang the second she had sat down good. At least she didn't have to clean off her plate, as the lunch bell scared everything off her plate, and it ran free while she had to get up and trudge off to her next class. Hours had ticked by, and she still wasn't asleep. She brushed a hand through her now much shorter haircut, and found herself asking, Was I too harsh of judge on them back then? Insomnia was cruel. Too much time to think and she didn't always like where her line of thinking would bring her. That concludes Chapter 5 of The Shop. Tune in every Tuesday for new chapters. If you'd like to reach me, you can do so at Lantis Armstrong on Twitter. That's L-A-N-T-I-S-A-R-M-S-T-R-O-N-G. And if you'd like to reach the author, you can send me your message, and I assure you he'll receive it, because we're the same person. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again for next week's chapter, He's Nibbling on Your Dream.